today on It's Time. Now, the Bible tells us if we walk in the Spirit, we won't do that. But unfortunately, we don't always walk in the Spirit, do we? Calling, it's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 2 Timothy. So, Turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. I do believe, friends, this is why prayer is important, especially for those who are not saved. Why is that? Because I believe wisdom comes from God. In fact, we remember Solomon directly asked God for wisdom. Jesus himself said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask, God will give it. I think a lot of times it's funny that people will do anything but ask God for wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to apply what you know. You can know a lot of stuff. But if you don't know how to apply what you know, the knowledge is wasted. So wisdom is putting feet to what you know. Letting God put that feet to your faith. So important. Now, again, that God would grant a person that is in opposition to him that understanding that you're on the wrong road. Now, I I believe this is a direct work of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I don't believe that we even come to God unless the Spirit calls us. But the Spirit is willing to call everyone who is willing to come. For God so loved the world. He didn't say to just certain people that were really cute. (laughs) He said God so loved the world that whosoever, I'm a whosoever, you're a whosoever, would believe in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. So it says they would come to their senses. What is that, the coming to your senses? That's a weird thing. I think coming to your senses, one of them is when we come to Christ. When we realize that we're not going to live forever, someday I will die, and what's beyond the grave, and am I willing to make a gamble that, well, when you're dead, you're dead, they throw dirt in your face, that's it. Or is there something beyond that? And if there is, well, do you feel lucky? Because if you guess wrong, eternity is a long time. I heard it said, shared this before, but it isn't that life is so short, it's that eternity is so long. (laughs) Well, you got to think about that. Where am I going when I die? And I believe this is where the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes in when the Bible reveals to us that all of us are sinners, that we've all missed God's perfection. And the Bible tells us that those that sin die and are punished. Well, that's pretty bad. How do I get right with God? I want to get right with God. Do I sell flowers in airports, jump through hoops? What do I got to do to get right with God? The Bible says, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. That is the salvation message. I I love that. So simple, yet so important. Let's look at it again. It perhaps... God will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses. That's what God does. 
You see, God can bring a person to the understanding need that they need to be right with God. But it's still that person that makes the choice if he'll accept that. And that's the thing that really I believe that message is to everyone today. You could know all about God. In fact, the Bible says even the demons believe and tremble. But that doesn't mean they're right with God. It's where they put all their faith, hope, and trust in him. That's what the word believe means. It doesn't simply mean to make acknowledgement of. Whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But it means to put all your faith, hope, and trust in. Well, that's what Paul is talking about. Now notice he says, and backing up here just a little bit, able to teach. Again, that would require us to know what we're talking about. That means we need to read. Just what is God saying to you? What has God taught you? People have sometimes said, well, you know, share your faith. Well, I don't know a lot about the Bible. I've only been saved maybe a year, five years, and I don't know a lot. But you know what God has done for you. Share that. You see, that is what makes the difference. No one can argue with what you once you once were versus what you are now. So you always have a message that you can share. The second thing he tells us here, in humility, not in pride. Boy, it stinks to be you. Too bad about you. No, it's that we share it in humility that what God has done for others, what God has done for me, God will do do for you. You see, that is the message of the gospel. And if God only loves people that do everything right all the time, that pretty much will eliminate everybody. See, and that's why Paul said, as sinners, I am chief, because he realized that the closer he got to God, the more in his thought patterns and in his life that things weren't right. He would have thoughts. He would have things in his life that that weren't right. And so this is why he recognized his need for Christ and, and his relationship with God every day. So in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. That's why the uh, humility is important. Not going to somebody in pride saying, hey, you're really messed up, goofball, but we go to them as you would want somebody to come to you. In other words, if I'm going to help somebody, uh, if I, you know, the Bible says if you see somebody overtaken in the fault, consider yourself. You think about that. What does that mean? Well, that means this. If you were the person that was redlining. In other words, if you were the person that was not being what, as we're reading here, you were supposed to be, how would you want someone to come to you and correct you? Would you want somebody to come up arrogantly? See, again, as he says, in humility. But let's say the other possibility. You, You would go to them in arrogance. I'm Captain Shiny Buttons. You're a goofball. Let me straighten you up. Do you want somebody to come to you that way? No, you'd say, get out of here, you're a weirdo. Yeah, maybe my sin isn't your sin, your sin is pride, pal. Well, how do you want somebody to come to you? Well, if you see somebody overtaken in a fault, I think one of the best ways we do that is we go and you might even put your arm around them and say, hey, look, I know you're going through something hard right now. I don't don't know everything you're going through. I know I've gone through hard things in my life. How can I help? You know, that speaks of the love of God. That speaks on how you lead somebody out of the darkness. You don't walk up to a blind person, kick them in the shins and say, stupid blind person. No wonder you're always walking into chairs and everything else. No, we we go to them and we show them and say, hey, let let me show you. You know, people sometimes that have lost their way have really lost their way. And what I mean by that is when they don't, 
know which way to go to get out of the mess they're in. Have you ever been like that? You become so overwhelmed with the problem. It's the old adage, you can't see the forest for the trees. Well, the thing is, they don't know how to get out of the mess they're in. They're in so deep. Maybe they're shacked up with somebody. Maybe they're involved in drugs. Maybe they're hooked up with alcohol. Maybe they're hooked up with some really bad friends. Maybe they found themselves so deeply in debt they don't know how to get out out of it. Maybe they do have a big drug bill that they owe their drug dealer and they don't know how to get out of it and they're scared to death that they're going to come and kill them because they didn't pay their debt. Do you think it's impossible for a Christian to find themselves in a pit? I don't. I've lived long enough to know that you can find yourself in a pit and you know what? It doesn't take years to fall into a pit either. You can be walking along and all of a sudden find yourself in a hole. Now, the Bible tells us if we walk in the Spirit, we won't do that. But unfortunately, we don't always walk in the Spirit, do we? We do have those bad days. We do have those days where one sin would never even cross our mind to do when we're fired up with God, when we're filled with the Spirit. But you get beaten down enough And all of a sudden, some idea of a counterculture lifestyle opportunity comes to you and you go, okay. And we find ourselves doing things, friends, that we would never, ever in a million years dream that we would do because of a moment of weakness. Well, I believe this is why it is so important that we as servants of God, in humility, when we see somebody overtaken at fault, we want to gossip about them. We want to put their name all over the internet. We want to do everything we could do to destroy them. No, we don't. Unfortunately, though, that's what a lot of people do. And unfortunately, a lot of people that call themselves Christians. In fact, gossip destroys so many things in a person's life. I This past week, I heard on our our radio network a guy talking about a guy from Costa Mesa who who killed himself um, uh, because of gossip. And it's really interesting because my wife said, didn't you say you knew something? I said, yeah, I I knew who this individual was. Uh, When they found his corpse, when they began to undress him, He had a note tucked in his shirt pocket, and it just simply said, gossip kills. And I thought, how tragic that this that I thought really probably very few people knew about, I hear about it on our radio station, about the dangers of that. That's why, really, if you're not part of the solution, you're just more of the problem. Gossip destroys people. Gossip destroys people families. Gossip destroys churches. Gossip destroys countries. I think that's what much of our media today is, is nothing but simply gossip. So we need to be careful of that. If you see somebody overtaken in a fault, the Bible says we go to them. Again, as he says here, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. Patient means... uh, you don't give up on them. <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you. If you got kids, you know about this thing called patience. Don't do that, honey. Okay. And then five minutes later, they're doing it again. You go, what's the matter with you? 
they don't think. And, and sometimes they're very honest. They'll look at you and say, I don't know. And they, they don't. But then they'll turn around and do it again. So patience requires us to step through it. Well, I tried to help them before, and they just went right back into what they were doing, and I don't want to have nothing to do with them. Is that patience? No. Is, is that what we might say uh, humility? No. Because I have tried to help them, and they won't listen to me. And so therefore, I am right, and they're wrong. And we get our heads so puffed up that when we walk through a door, we scratch our ears on the doorposts. Correcting those in opposition. And if God will perhaps grant them repentance, in that God grants them the wisdom to see you're on the wrong road. Now, again, why is that? Because I believe this is something God does. That is a question that I ask people. Do you want to get out of the mess you're in? And I have found most people say yes. They may not know how, thank God for you, that you can reach out to them and show them the way out of the mess they're in. Sometimes it requires you to interject yourself. I've shared this story many times. It probably summarizes it the best. It's a true story. Back in the early uh, 70s, late 60s, the Jesus movement, it was a very weird time. If anybody grew, was alive at that time, I was in high school, and there was a lot of weird stuff going on. Everybody was tune in, turn on, drop out. Beatles said, all you need is love, and then they broke up. I mean, it was crazy world. And there was a lot of people living on the streets. A lot of girls were living on the streets. A lot of guys were living on the streets. We call them homeless today. But they were just turned in, turned on, dropped out. They were messed up. That's why a lot of the hippies bought vans, because they always had a place they could crash in. Well, the thing is, I remember this one guy, he had a big house. His parents were overseas. He was a Christian. And so what he began to do was bring in all the homeless people that he had. Primarily, they were girls. And there was a lot of girls living in his house. Now, he wasn't doing anything. He just was providing a house for them. And a group of elders from the church that he attended went over to his house and said, Brother, you have the appearance of evil. You have nine women living in your house, or ten, or whatever it was. I don't remember the exact number. And he looked at him, and he, and he said, and, and he looked at the elders, and he said, I am so glad you're here. I realized this. And so... Elder Bob, I'm going to send these three girls home with you tonight. I'm going to send uh, these four girls with you, uh, Elder Phil, with you. And, and he went, and, no, no. We don't want them in our house. Uh, we don't want these homeless girls in our house. So he said, so let me get this right. You're telling me to throw them out on the street, and you have found what's wrong, but you won't do a thing to correct or lift the problem, lift your finger to, to fix the problem. That's the problem, friends. That's the lack of humility. And thus, because of that, they don't see the love of God. They don't feel the conviction of God. And so notice what it says here in the last part of verse 26. And they, that they may come to their senses, and here it is, escape the snare of the devil. Do you think the devil only picks on Christians? He picks on everyone. Why is that? I've had, I saw, you can ask my wife, 
We were driving yesterday, looked over in a car, and there, there the person that's listening may be here today, so I, I don't mean to offend you, but there was a bobblehead on the dash. There was two bobbleheads. There was an angel bobblehead. You know what a bobblehead is? You know, they kind of go like this when the car's driving. And there was a devil bobblehead. I guess this guy says, I'm going to play all the field. That way I have no one mad at me. I've got the angels. I've got the good side. I've got the bad side. I'm promoting them both. Well, that ain't what Jesus said. He said, either you're for me or you're against me. Well, here's the thing. They sometimes people think that. That, that, I, that I can be a neutral party. You're not. And because you're either for him or against him, and when you find yourself ensnared, and this is what I mean by the world, hey, listen, you are created in the image of God. Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, the Bible says we are created in the image of God, a body, mind, and a spirit. Every time I think, you know, there's a lot of discussion on the rebellion of Satan. What caused Lucifer and a third of the host of heaven to fall? I think that's a great question. And it's really weird because it appears that it was around the creation of man, maybe right before. The Bible says that God was going to make us human folk a little lower than the angels. I don't think that bothered anybody in heaven, the angelic force. Hey, there's going to be a new group of creatures and they're going to be made lower than us. Everybody goes, cool, not a problem here. But then the Bible says that those that choose him... He's going to elevate above the angels, where in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 it says, do you not know, Paul says, someday you will judge angels, and that these new creatures called people will be also called the bride of Christ. Many people, and I am one, believe that this is what caused Satan and a third of the stars in heaven to revolt against the Lord. And so as you look at this, you begin to think about that, and you go, wow. So it was out of jealousy. Now, the Bible says in Isaiah 14 that he was perfect in all of his ways until pride entered his heart. Well, what would the pride be? That no one's going to be better than me. That's what pride says. Well, the Bible says he was cast out. And I believe every time the devil looks at humankind, he remembers that and wants to ruin them. That's why when you see somebody strung out on heroin, oh, the handiwork of the devil, oh, they're not happy, they're dying. In fact, when you look around, you see the handiwork of the devil, and it's anything but good. But I think especially when you become a Christian, because you then know the, what's up. You, you have the inner office memos of what's going on in the unseen world. And the devil concentrates to destroy you. But at the same time, you are the messengers that bring the hope to those that are lost. Now notice it says, the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Isn't it interesting you can do God's will? Paul says here, 2 Timothy 2, the very last verse, that you can also be about doing the will of the devil. Well, I pray today, first of all, if you're a Christian, that you are about your father's business. And that in humility, we reach out to the lost. We pray that God will open their eyes to the foolish path they're on so they won't remain a tool of the devil. 
And if you're not a Christian here listening today, I pray that you would come to your senses, as it says here, and that God would grant to you repentance so you can get out of the nightmare you're in. It's really that simple. God wants to set you free. God is bigger than the things that are going on in your life. As Paul says, though I'm in chains, God's not chained. So God is able to do things far beyond our limited capability. What a big, wonderful God we serve. What a God that forgives and a God that heals and a God that restores. And then we're about his business to be about his will, to tell the lost about him, and to go out and rescue those who have been hurt by the world. Now, sometimes, i got to tell you, sometimes Christians, people are hurt by their own foolish mistakes. We've all done that. Sometimes people are hurt by what others have done to them. Friends, I think we all can relate to that, too. doesn't matter. We go out to them in love. We go out to them to restore. We go out to them to heal and get them out of the hands of the devil as they do the devil's will. Really, pretty simple, really. What a wonderful God we serve. Again, God is bigger than the things in our lives. This morning, if you're overwhelmed by these things in your life, I want to invite you to come into the kingdom of God. The Bible says... If we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It begins with a prayer. God shows you your whole life is goodness. I always tell people a good place to read when you've accepted Christ is the book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 3. Just read. God will speak to you. Why is that? Because God wants to strengthen you. You know, Jesus said, come away and learn of me. I think it's good. You want to look at Jesus as your example, and he will. This morning, if you've never receive Christ. You've never prayed and asked the Lord in your life. We're going to pray right now. Wherever you're listening around the world, on the internet, just want to invite you to to pray. And let God intervene in your life. He will, if you'll ask him. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I repent of the foolish way that I have lived. And so from this day forward, I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. Give me the direction that I need in my life to glorify you. And Father, thank you for writing my name in your book of life that I may spend eternity with you. And so now, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to be about your business each and every day. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.